Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. 9.08 on the clock. Asia-Pacific shares are trading mixed this morning. Seoul is rallying. The Kospi is up nearly 1%, but Tokyo and Sydney are both in the red. The Nikkei and ASX 200 both trading down half a percent. Joining me as we break down all the market action is Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. Morning, Michelle. How's your weekend? Really good. How was yours? Oh, it was awesome, but never long enough. But um, it's going to be a shorter week for markets this week. We've got Thanksgiving and Black Friday sales to look forward to? I know. I already started shopping, Ryan. Fully aware Are you going to get your Ryan? Instant Pot, the one you've been <laughs> eyeing for years? <laughs> Hopefully this, this Black Friday, I will. It's very strange. Ryan sounding loud and clear. I'm speaking to the disembodied voice of Ryan Huang, who usually sits in front of me. But ah, the magic of technology. We're porting him in. All right, Ryan. Uh, we begin this morning with Singapore's property market, where there are fresh signs of strong demand for luxury condos. Capital Land and City Development sold nearly one $1.2 billion worth of new units over the weekend at a joint development called Canning Hill Piers near Clark Key. It's located on the site of the old Liang Court shopping mall and former Novotel Hotel. The integrated development is going to be the tallest along the Singapore River. So Ryan, how much of these new flats, how much are they going for and who's doing the buying? Yeah, so this is uh, just to paint for you a bit of a backdrop of this uh, development. So it sits right near Clark Key. Uh, you might have gone to this shopping mall before, Liang Court. It's, you used to have a lot of Japanese uh, stores there. Uh. So the new development is going to be a 48-storey tower. And next to it will be a 24-storey tower. And they'll be linked by a... 24th level sky bridge with an infinity pool. So you're thinking luxury and you are also seeing quite a bit of interest in this property. So, so much so, 77% of units were sold, $1.2 billion worth. And this is around 538 units of the nearly 700 units. So average selling price around $3,000 per square foot. And that includes as well a penthouse unit for $48 million Ooh. and that PSF is at $5,360 and if you look at who went shopping Singaporeans 81 of them were buyers for this um, property 81 were Singaporeans Ooh. and 19% were PRs and foreigners mainly from China Malaysia, Indonesia, Australia, South Korea, the US and the UK. So quite a strong demand being shown at this Canning Hills Pier property. Yeah, a lot of local liquidity, Ryan. So in the same area last Friday, the Javois Mansion condominium sold the last of its 105 units after the bulk of the flats were booked during the freehold project's launch in October. The average price a bit shy of $2,550 per square foot. Despite the pandemic, Ryan, sales of new homes appear set to be the strongest in several years. What's your take on the market? Yeah, I'm not sure if we should still be surprised by the property market going strong despite the pandemic. We saw that actually happen during the pandemic. People still buying up property. One of the resilient sectors, so much so that just in the first 10 months of 2021, it has already surpassed the full year sales in the previous three years. And that's how strong these first 10 months of 2021 have been. 10,918 units. Mm. And the projections coming through from analysts are for the year to end at an 
year high of around 12,000 to 13,000 units. And just to bear in mind, the previous record was around 14,948 units back in 2013. So that was the record back then. So we could be in for a, another new high, an eight-year high. So do you think these uh, signs of strength still in the market is going to be good news for shares of property developers? It could be. I'm just keeping my eye on the likes of Propnex. You know, when people mm-hmm. sell property, you need a, a property agent. And that will be one to watch to see how much the likes of um, APEC Realty and Propnex will be moving. If you look at where City Dev is right now, mm. one of the joint developers for Canning Hill Piers, they are already up this morning by 1.3% at 726. So uh, it's going to be good news for property developers if this continues. In other local news, the Cuscaden Peak Group has obtained approval from several regulatory bodies in its bid to buy Singapore Press Holdings non-media assets. It's an important step forward for Cuscaden as it competes with Keppel Corp to purchase and privatize SPH's property assets and other interests. It's not all good news for Cuscaden though. While it's offering more money than Keppel, Keppel still holds a couple of advantages. What are they, Ryan? Okay, so you do have Cuscaden Peak now kind of cementing the advantage now with regulatory approvals in place. Uh, Previously, Keppel was hawking the fact that they had the regulatory approvals because they kind of had a head start with the whole process. Um, So they were ahead of the game in that sense. So now Cuscaden Peak catching up to some extent so they are still waiting on an FIRB approval this is where the Australian Foreign um, Investment Review Board comes in so they could get that approval in place soon as well so where we are right now is Capital is going to be hoping investors like the synergies between the Capital company Mm -hmm. and the rest of the SPH assets that they are going to be buying so that's going to be in focus and if you look at the offer prices it is still Cascadian Peaks offer much more attractive in the sense that it's at um, $2.40 or rather up to $2.40 per share. That's a combination of cash, SPH REITs versus what Capital is offering up to uh, $2.35.1. But you do have to bear in mind as well that the final price of what Capital is offering could still change if there's a strong rally from SPH REIT prices and Capital REIT prices because Mm. that's part of the package that they are offering. So something to look out for. And the next timeline will be December the 8th when the capital scheme will come to be voted on. So if people want the Cascadian Peak offer, they will have to vote down no for capital's offer. All right. SPH has said Cuscadon's offer is superior. It's called for shareholders to vote down Keppel's proposal at this point. How do you think it's likely to play out? Okay, one more point to look out for is how Keppel has been saying um, their deal Mm. will get investors or shareholders a faster payout because the process is pretty much ahead of um, Cascadian Peak's process. So investors could get it much earlier being paid. So there is right now a contractual agreement between Keppel and SPH that there will be no other meeting earlier than eight weeks after December 8th. So you do have to wait for Cassidy Peak's meeting to come sometime two months after that. So you could see 
Cascade and Peaks offer finalized sometime in February, whereas Capo's offer could be finalized sometime in January. So that's the two timelines for investors to kind of weigh. SPH shares closed at $2.37 a share on Friday, which is between the offer prices of both Keppel and Cascaden. We turn now to China's property markets, where analysts continue to assess the likelihood of whether China Evergrande and other major developers will be able to pay their debts. Now, two headlines on this topic caught my eye over the weekend. The first, the number of Chinese tycoons apparently being pressured to use their personal wealth to ease their company's cash crunch. The list includes the founders of Evergrande and Sunak China Holdings, amongst other companies. Ryan, how much of their own wealth have they had to spend? Well, get this, at least 3.8 billion US dollars. I think it's coming through with a bit of arm-twisting behind the scenes, Mm. all the tycoons have been pressured to use their own monies to make sure things don't get out of control. We've seen some reports coming through that the government has been pressuring some of them to you know, pay up and use their own piggy banks to bail out their companies. And to some extent, you could argue that there is some reason to do so because they have benefited from the rise of their companies. So maybe to some extent, they should be also paying up for the trouble that their companies are in right now. So $3.8 billion. And that is what the market or some investors are watching out for how much assets they are disposing and that's a reflection of in a way how safe their investments are in those companies so they are monitoring the properties they're holding the yachts they're holding so that's becoming a bit of a proxy to how they read the markets these days There are also signs that some investors see opportunity now amid the troubles of China's property developers funds have been surging into a Singapore-listed ETF that focuses on China debt. The exchange-traded fund has a pretty long name. It's called, let me take a deep breath here, the iShares USD Asia High Yield Bond Index ETF. So Ryan, just how much money has been flowing into it? Okay, in short, a lot of money. In fact, it's a record $773 million Mm. in October alone. So that's how much money is flowing into it. And this is right now looking at inflows for the entire ETF at $1.87 billion. And that's pretty much how much is in the ETF right now. And it is showing a strong spike in sentiment towards Chinese assets. A lot of bargain hunters thinking, hey, maybe the worst is over. Mm -hmm. It's time to get some exposure when the price is so attractive. And that's been reflected in this ETF of a very long name, (laughs) iShares USD Asia High Yield Bond Index ETF. So something to think about if you're in the market for a bargain. China debt. All right, time now for a Monday morning game of Up or Down. Ryan, the disembodied voice, are you ready? Let's go. The first company on our list is perhaps more of a prediction than anything else. Zoom, it reports its earnings this evening. Ryan, what do you think, up or down? I am going with down. In fact, it's been down for quite some time for Zoom because if you look at where prices are for their shares, Mm. uh, they hit a bit of a peak sometime back in October, November 2020 and since have lost over half their value. And no surprise because people are just getting Zoom fatigue. Mm -hmm. And if restrictions continue to be eased, people will be just going back to meetings, back to where it was before Zoom you will not see as much business for Zoom. So I think Zoom is going to have a lot on its plate, a lot of its work cut out. How do you get back those um, lofty growth projections? 
Yeah, I'm going to go with down as well. Zoom reports its earnings today and it's already been under selling pressure, down 25% over the past three months. However, Zoom is pushing into a new area. So maybe investors will see a silver lining in today's results. Let's look at the Saudi stock exchange Tada Wool. All right. So this is going to be another record of sorts. And we have the Saudi exchange getting ready for a $1 billion IPO. And this is off the back of the other major IPO, the Saudi Aramco IPO back in 2019, which is still the largest. So this Saudi exchange IPO will be the biggest since Euronext. So it's going to be Mm. significant. And this has been in the making for quite some time, since 2016. But it's been put on hold um, because the exchange wanted to open up access to Mm -hmm. foreign investors in the past few years. And I think it feels it's ready right now to go ahead. So we could see this making its market debut by the end of the year. Definitely an up. Saudi Arabia stock exchange Tadawul seeking to raise more than $1 billion in its new public listing. Uh, And as you say, the biggest IP or the biggest sale of shares by a stock exchange operator since Euronext in 2014. What a milestone. So up for me. Let's look at the Chinese yuan. Okay, this is going to be... I'm going up right now because we are looking at six-year highs for the Chinese yuan. Mm -hmm. And this is enough to cause concern for Chinese regulators that they have started to prompt banks to limit their speculative foreign exchange trading to kind of make it less volatile. So they are encouraging lenders to be risk neutral when trading foreign exchange for themselves and for clients. And it seems like it is just the latest sign of them being uncomfortable where Yuan is right now uh, because it has been the best performer in emerging markets this year, benefiting from a recovery in exports Mm. as well as foreign investment in onshore bonds. So up for me... Down for me, China's currency undergoing its strongest rally since 2015. It is the best performer amongst emerging market currencies as well. But Chinese regulators are taking action to limit the currency's rise, calling on banks to limit speculation. So that's why I'm going to go with a down. Let's turn to Singapore now, right? We're 23 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index traded within a tight range last week before chalking up a marginal gain, 32.32. How's the SDI trading this Monday morning? Yeah, marginal gains for last week's just squeezing out a gain of 0.2% for the past uh, five days. And where it is right now, um, still marginal gains 0.1% for Monday, 3,234. And a quick snapshot of the STI, it's pretty much split across the middle, just slightly more green. Hmm. And right at the top, no surprise, it's City Dev is up 1%, 724. It's been in the news because of Canning Hill Piers, is the uh, joint developer alongside CLA. And that saw huge um, demand for those um, units at Clark Key. And followed by Yangji Jiang Shipbuilding up 0.8% right now. Capo Corp up 0.8%, 538. Okay, let's take a look at where we are. 
Um, and one thing to note is over the weekend, we had easing of restrictions yep. for Singapore. So that could be good news for the likes of ComfortDelGro. It's up 0.7% right now, $1.54. Genting Singapore up 0.6% at 83 and a half cents. Uh, let's take a look at where we are for SIA. is not in the green. It's uh, now down by 0.4%, 529 and we have right now Maple Tree Commercial Trust leading the drop by around 0.9%. So we still have some worries around COVID-19, especially from Europe. So that could be one reason why SIA is not doing as well. Okay, let's take a look at the property side of things. Um, Prop next, um, underwater right now by 0.5% at $1.84. Um, that is the picture we have right now for... Singapore markets. All right. I'll, I'll let you carry on with breakfast now that you can eat out with five people. Are you thinking of heading out soon, Ryan? I am thinking about it right now. Thinking about it. All right. Well, enjoy. Ryan Huang there uh, joining us live from his house. In the meantime, Asia Pacific shares trading mix this morning. We'll continue to keep a lookout on stock markets for you right here on Your Money. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app, that's A-W-E-D-I-O, available on Google Play or the App Store.